we continue our series called Gathered. Humans, it seems, are wired to gather, to get together. You think about the different ways we gather and, and why we gather, the purpose of our gathering. There are a lot of reasons we gather. We gather to celebrate. We gather to work together. We gather sometimes to mourn together. You know, we are human beings, and we love to gather. Some examples of gathering. You know, this summer, a little earlier in July, my wife and I took off for Lake Tahoe, and we went to a wedding. Did you ever go to a wedding before? Yeah, you know, it's a time people get together, and they gather. Now, this is not a picture from the wedding because that was an outdoor wedding along the Lake Tahoe, and this is indoors. But, you know, we gather to celebrate. You know, we gather with family and friends, and we celebrate life and life events. You know, and just because it is just around the corner, you know, a few weeks away, about 30 days, the first home game, one of the gatherings that we know, if you're from Nebraska, is football. You know, that stadium that is filled, tickets and sold out every game since when? Too long to remember. I can't remember the date. I was going to see if anybody just knew it. 62. 62. Somebody knows. Yeah. That's a long time. It's like 50 years. Wow. 60 years. I can do math. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, the math, you know I, I don't have to do a lot of math as a pastor. 60 years. You know, that, that sea of red. You know, a lot of us gather, whether we're in the stadium, gathered with others to cheer on the team and the hope that this year maybe... There will at least be a decent team, maybe, you know, that, that even so, I mean, that's just, wow, 60 years, I got my math right now, 60 years, Nebraskans have gathered in the good days, the great days, the phenomenal days, and the not-so-good seasons of this team. We gather to cheer on the team, we gather to celebrate, we gather in a sense of camaraderie. We are human beings, and we love to gather. It seems we are wired to gather. Now, back in 2015, you know, in just about September, so it was right around the same time of the year, a bunch of people gathered together, 51 of them to be precise, in Great Britain, and squeezed into one of these VW minivans to break a world record. Can you imagine 51 people stubbed in there? I love this picture. Better yet, it was a picture I didn't want to show you because it might just, if you're claustrophobic already, maybe you're uncomfortable, but they shut the doors in order to break the world record. I'm like, oh man, you know, he just squeezed in there. But you know, you, they're, they're gathered for a purpose. They want to break the world record for the miss, many people that are squeezed into a VW minivan. This part of our like fall kickoff, should we get a minivan and see if we can squeeze in 52 people? Who will be the first person in? <laughs> Who will be the last person in? Who's going to shut the doors and walk away? <laughs> you know, as we, we kick the series off, we say, you know, well, you know, we are a gathering of people. You know, but we are a, a unique gathering of people. And we call this gathering of people a community of Jesus followers. We call this the church. And we gather together as God has called us by the power of the Spirit, working through our, our baptism, working through faith. We gather together. And of course, one of the big gatherings we have on a regular basis is our worship gathering on Sunday mornings. We gather around the gifts that God offers here in word and sacrament. And last week, we looked at one of the words that is often translated as church. 
And, and, and really what that means for us, and it's that word ecclesia, right? ecclesia. And it means a group of people called together for a purpose. And God has called us together for a purpose. And it really is a multifaceted purpose, but I think you know, there's part of that purpose that we're going to focus on this morning. But you think as, as people gather together, you know, what is the church all about? How do we understand, you know, God's gathering of his people and our purpose? You know, what is that, that narrative that really shapes our relationship with one another and how we interact with one another and how we interact with the world around us, how we see ourselves and who we are. Now, there are times, especially here in North America, the church is seen in many ways like a business. You think about a business. A business has a group of people gathered together, you know, with a, a purpose. Their purpose usually as a business is to make the business grow, to make more money. And if you're part of this team of people, you know, you probably have meetings, you know, and, and you have a budget, you, you have a vision, you know, and you think about churches a lot of ways, we have the same thing. We, we have meetings. In fact, we've got a meeting tomorrow night, church council. I, I'm trying to sound excited about that. I mean, just, it's a great group of people, but it's a meeting. You know, and, and we have a budget, you know. That's part of what we do at the church council. It's part of what we do as a voters when we get together, we, we talk about the budget. And, you know, we, 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 we have, you know, even a vision. You know, we say, this is who we are at Holy Savior. You know, we're about sharing, you know, growing in Jesus and sharing his love. But one thing about a business that sometimes kind of, you know, you know, works its way into the culture of a congregation. <laughs> a business is all about, you know, product. What are you producing? So in this image here of, of folks gathered around a, you know, a table like in a, in a business meeting, you know, it's all about what are you producing? What are you bringing to the table to make sure that this business is successful? And for those of you who work in a business atmosphere, you know how that works. If you don't produce, guess what happens? Yeah, I heard something. Mm, yeah, you, you probably get fired if you're not producing. And some places are terribly, just incredibly competitive, demanding. And we can sometimes behave this way in the church. It's not the way God has designed things, but sometimes we behave like it's all about production. That's why sometimes a saying that, that I've heard among some church folks, you know, never here, but other places, that they say, you know, more butts in the pews means more bucks in the plate, which there's some truth to that. But that's not what we're not about producing more, you know, butts in the pews, more people just simply sitting here. You know, we're not about simply just producing more bucks in the plate to talk about, you know, what people share financially. Though what people share financially is part of our growing and following Jesus, you know, and then helps us, you know, live out what it means to be God's people here in Northwest Lincoln. But the danger is if we focus just on production, then it's all about what we produce and the way that the pastor looks at you and the way you look at the pastor is all about what we produce. And it's easy when we do that, then, then you know, we are living under really the law because it's about production. So one way we look at, again, the church sometimes is we look at it like a business and that narrative can shape who we are. Another way that we sometimes, you know, shape who we are and our understanding of who we are as we gather together is like a team. You think about the different teams that maybe you've been a part of. Anyone ever been part of a sports team? A few of you, you know? 
And I mean, even if you're in a neighborhood sports team, you know, growing up, we play football sometimes in the street and sometimes in the yard, you know, and, and this was Arizona. So the, the ground there was hard. And so when you got tackled, you went down. You know, as I shared, I think last week, you know, I was in high school ROTC, and so I was part of the with arms drill team. So we did those fancy throwing the weapons around kind of performances and stuff like that. We were a team. And, you know, where business is about what you produce, your team is about your performance. You know, what, how are you performing? Are you playing well? Are you going to make it on the team? Or if it's that, you know, kind of like elementary school playground where they line everybody up and you get to pick and choose. You know, if you get to pick people, who do you pick first? The people you think that will perform the best. And I was usually one of the last ones picked. Except for soccer, because soccer I was good at, so they, you know, I could perform better. I got chosen a little further up the road. But there are many aspects of when we gather together, we are like a team. Because as a team, you can accomplish more together. As a team, you know, you accomplish more together. As a team, you know, we encourage one another. And as a team, you know, we inspire one another sometimes to perform even better. We have a little fun with competition. In many ways, we are like a team. And even in Scripture, it talks about as we gather together, we gather together to encourage one another. To build one another up. But again, if we simply see each other as teammates, it really again becomes about, you know, our performance. How well are you performing as one of the teammates? And then we usually judge the others we don't think are performing as well as we are. Again, two great, you know, ways to understand the church. But I think, again, I think we're more than just simply a business you know, and it's more than just simply your production. And we're more than simply just a team. It's more than just about performance. Let's take a look at these words that the Apostle John writes in this letter to the Christians. From 1 John 4, 21, let's read these words together. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. There is so much in these words of John that we could spend hours just pulling this apart, understanding, you know, first and foremost, God's love for you. I mean, this is what John is saying. God's love for you shapes who you are. It shapes who we are. And we see this in the language that John is talking here. You know, God loves you. It's not about your production. It's not about your performance. It's about what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. About the blood that he shed for you. And this love that he has for you, this love that we don't deserve, this love that is a gift from him, he says it shapes our gathering. It shapes who we are. It shapes how we understand one another because we understand one another as what? It's the last few words there in the sentence. As brothers and sisters. And he goes on to say, look, if you say you are loved by God and you know that love, you believe by faith in that love, then that love begins to shape the dynamics of who we are. And as we gather together, we see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that more than simply just business partnerships you know, or, you know, fellow employees, more than simply just teammates, that we are, what? Brothers and sisters. 
And this reflects, you know, the words that Jesus also says as he walked this earth. He was gathered around and somebody said, look, you know, you're busy doing all this stuff. You know, what about your, your family? And he says these words here in Matthew 12, 48. Let's read this together. Jesus replied to the man speaking to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And this is how he answers it in the next two verses. We read this together. Pointing to his disciples, he said, Look here on my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. And so Jesus is using this family language to describe what it means to be a follower of him. To do the will of his Father. And this is, this is the same idea that John picks up on. Look, you know, doing God's will, living in God's will, is, is, is living in his grace, sharing his love. And the sharing that love, living in that love, you know, is what connects us together as a family. Now, John's not the only one that picks up on this, this language and this idea of what this gathering is. Paul picks up on this as well. If you scripts or texts, I'm sorry, from Paul, Romans 12, 1, we read together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Now, Paul goes on. He says a lot more. And, and that word, therefore, means that everything else Paul has been leading up to in that book of Romans. So if you've got time today, you want to read Romans, you get to verse, chapter 12, verse 1. Now, he said, because of all the stuff I said to you, therefore, this is the truth. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Again, there's so much more we could spend time just taking in this whole text here. But I want you to hear the, the language that Paul uses here. Brothers and sisters in Christ. So the words that Jesus was using when he talks about brothers and sisters, he says, he says look, it's not blood that makes you brothers and sisters. It's, well, it is blood, but it's the blood that he shed for us. It's not, you know, physically I'm related to you, but that we are connected in faith and baptism, and the blood that Jesus shed for us. Here, Paul is making this connection. In view of God's mercy, brothers and sisters, he's, you know, he's really saying, look, as, as God's mercy shapes who we are, this is how he's calling us to be. And this verse goes on to say, you know, now we are to be living sacrifices. Here's another passage from Paul, Ephesians 2 Verse 19, we read together. This is why you are no longer foreigners and outsiders, but citizens together with God's people and members of God's family. Again, Paul talking about as he writes to his diverse group of people that have been gathering together as Jesus followers in Ephesus, in this surrounding area where he had ministered before. He said, no longer, you know, are you foreigners? Are you outsiders? You know, speaking to the non-Jewish crowd. But together, God has brought you to be one people. Together, he's made you part of his family. And if we are family, we are what? We are brothers and sisters. Another text from Paul, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, we read together. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Now, Paul, when he's writing this, he's acting, the language that he is using is that of like a spiritual father. 
He's saying, look, not that I'm perfect. Paul's nowhere declaring that he's perfect. But he's saying, if you're going to pattern yourself after one who lives in God's mercy, who's shaped by God's love, doesn't, again, mean he's perfect, but I live in that grace and forgiveness, Paul says. Follow my example. But again, the language that he uses here as he addresses these followers of Jesus is what? Brothers and sisters. It's this family language. So we have Jesus uses this language. The apostle John, Paul uses this language. We also find this in the apostle Peter. His letter to the church in 1 Peter 2.8, he says these words, and let's read this together. Love each other as brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We say that, you know, who are we? We are a community of Jesus followers. So, you know, we're not cramming ourselves into a VW van. That's not our, our purpose or our goal. We're not about a business and trying to produce or a team that's trying to perform. We are a family. And when a family gathers together, it's all about presence, about your presence. You think about when you have a family gathering, whether you've had one this summer, whether you're going to have a family gathering, you know, in Labor Day is coming up or when the Huskers play and maybe they actually have a decent season so you're excited to gather together, you know, either at the stadium or, you know, at home. It's about being together, about being there for one another. That's how we begin to see what it means for us to love one another, about that love being lived out as we are together. And it's not just being here on Sunday mornings. That's a part of it, whether we're here in person, whether we're through live stream, that we gather together. Because the love that our God has poured out upon us and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the love that shapes our gathering, our purpose, and our presence. As human beings, you know, we are just wired to gather together. And as God's people, really, we are wired to gather, to be present in one another's lives and the ups and the downs. Whether we're gathering for worship, whether we're gathering to serve the schools in our community, whether we're gathering to serve someone, you know, within our faith community, whether we're gathering to celebrate or to mourn, we gather as those who are loved by God, shaped by that love. We share that love. So that's why, you know, at Holy Savior, we say, you know, we're about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And we asked that question before, you know, who are we? You know, we are a gathering of people striving to act like what? A family committed to serving in love as we gather grow, and go. Because we're all about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. So to hear those words of John and John declaring again that we live in God's grace and mercy, we are forgiven because of that love, that love then shapes our relationship. It shapes the relationship we have today. That we are a family a local gathering of God's family here in Northwest Lincoln, sharing his love with one another, with our community, and our world. So a question for us to reflect on, for you to think about in this upcoming week is this. 
What does it mean for me to be a part of God's family? That's a question ultimately only you can answer, but it's a great question to think about. You think about what it means to be a part of God's family, you know, that you are a part of God's family. Maybe you feel alone and you realize, you know what, I'm part of a group of people. We may not be perfect, but we're loved by a God who's awesome. I'm part of a group of people who can be there for each other. I'm part of a group of people who can make a difference in the lives of other people in our community and our world. I'm part of a group of people that can share the love of God with one another, with our community, and our world. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your love. And that in that love, in your grace and mercy, you have gathered us together. That, Lord, we are part of your household. We are part of a gigantic family with some people, Lord, that we may never see in this world, but they are our brothers and sisters. And you've gathered us here locally as your brothers and sisters here at Holy Savior. We pray, Lord, that it is your love that shapes us, that we are present in one another's lives through the regular routines that we have as a community, a family of believers here, to the exceptional moments when we serve one another, when we share and support and love one another, and as together we love the community and the world in which you've placed us in, with the love that you've loved us with, Jesus. It's in your name we pray.